This is Time Signatures with Jim Irvin, a podcast and radio program presented by the Capital Area Blues Society in Lansing, Michigan. Most any contemporary musical style can trace its roots back to the blues. Time Signatures explores the blues and its musical connections with captivating interviews, lively discussions, and news from the world of the blues. And now, here he is, your host, Jim Irvin. Hey, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you might be. Uh, glad to have you with Time Signatures with Jim Irvin and Dedalian. How are you today? I'm doing good, man. Good to be a part of this once again. What is this? Uh, number three, four, five, six, seven. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know because we don't know when they're all playing. Because no, we're, well, we're just spitting them out. That's what we're doing. Is that what it is? We're okay. kicking them out and we're, we're just laying them down. Number Every, them later. Yeah, that's yep. exactly it. That's the way we roll. <laughs> Well, we are really glad to be here today. We are actually coming to you from in-studio this time, as opposed to on location. And my very special guests are two more members of the Greater Lansing Area Blues Royalty, Mike Scorey, uh, Scorey Auto Sounds, yep, and yep. Jim Alfredson. Welcome aboard, guys. Thanks for having us. Glad to have you both here. And uh, it, it, we've got a lot of really cool stuff to talk about, because both of you were very integral in the in the growth and the beginnings of what I like to call the blues movement in the greater Lansing area going back uh, well, nearly 40 years I would imagine somewhere in there oh yeah so um, basically just if you need to make things up as you go along that's you're allowed to do that <laughs> that's, that's what I'm best at <laughs> we talked about that before we started this but uh, Mike I want to start with you man because when I when I talked with Freddie and James, um, your name came up a lot. Of course, Jim's came up a lot, but I would like you to, to kind of go back and tell the story, that initial, uh, contact with Freddie, when you decided to get things going with oh, the yeah. downtown band or down, was it downtown blues band? Downtown, downtown blues band. Yep. Yes. And which ultimately became the root doctor band, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. talk about that story and, and how that started. Okay, I hope it matches with Fred's. <laughs> oh, I, I will, I will, I will make sure that it like either a, does or does. Like going to the police station. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's I, you know, I was you know one of the many times that I was I was out of music, never going to play again. That's it, I'm done. And a uh, Scott Allman called me up on the phone one day, and I I, I kind of knew Scott a little bit. I didn't, I knew him because they had this deal where they would have this, they had this <laughs> company where they would get people to donate their records. And then they would have sales like once every couple of months over at East Lansing. The Vinyl Crisis Society. I remember that's that. That's right. The Vinyl Crisis. So that's how I do it. But I thought, man, that's cool. Everybody's giving him his stuff. So he calls me up. He goes, oh, look, we got a chance to get a gig. I go, oh, well, look, I'm not playing again. Yeah, whatever. Okay. So he says, you got to go down to Tango's, yeah. the old Naps building, and you got to meet Fred. I go, I don't know who he is. He goes, you'll know him. So because I knew the Ides from... You know, we're all, everybody's Lebanese, so sure. everybody knows everybody. So um, I, w- I just went down there, and I saw Fred, you know, from the description. And one of the eyes came over and started asking us, now, you guys, uh, you've played a lot. You know, you, you guys been around? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we played. We played. Uh, we, we, but there was no, you know, you couldn't Google anything. It was just <laughs> whatever we said. So we got the job, and that was it. Um, every Every Saturday. I got to believe that went for a year, year and a half. 
And um, so we got the job. And even then, I kind of didn't want to do it because I didn't have any equipment. So I had to go out and buy some equipment. That's <laughs> that's What happened to buy other equipment is another thing that will make me cry. <laughs> it's it bad, 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 bad what happened. But anyway, so we uh, Fred said, okay, I got a bass player, which was James. And Scott was in the band at the time. Mm-hmm. So let's put it together. We got a, went through a couple drummers, and we ended up with uh, – uh, Orc, Orc. What's his? What's Orc's first name? Orc. Oh, jeez. Uh, Orc. Oh, God, I'm, I'm just nuts. Anyway, Orc. It's but, obviously what he's known as because that's yeah. the same thing Freddie said was Orc. Is it Orc? Who <laughs> <laughs> yes, was a bass player? So, yeah. I, and I don't, I don't yeah, think, yeah. I don't think he needs a first name. It's just that. So, but he was a bass. I mean, that's his instrument, his bass. But he, you know, he's, he's just got got it, and then he played the drum. I'll play the drums. I know how to do it. So he was the drummer, and then uh, we that was it. We started on that gig, and we had a blast. Now, Jim, you you came into the picture relatively early in the the Root Doctor, did you not? I guess it depends on what you mean by early. I I would say probably middle, maybe. Okay. Because I, I came in in like nineteen ninety nine. Two keyboards after I left. Yeah. Two, okay. Um, so you you started then and then, and then Jim it was came Fitzgerald's in, right Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald and uh, and then Decker Decker yeah okay Doug Decker now when you but when you came on Jim yeah. I was told that you weren't old enough to be in some of the places that you played in is that correct barely I was just turning well the first time I played with them I was just turning twenty one but when I actually got the gig full time I was twenty two by that time okay yeah. And, so. and and talk of I mean this has got to be for you it I'm, I'm going back in time here it had to have been a just a an explosive time in your life I mean to be playing with a with a band of this caliber which I mean by 99 they were pretty well on their way were they not yeah they were you know playing the best places and uh, playing all the time and playing in different cities across Michigan and traveling and that's exactly what I wanted to do so it was a perfect fit now what's funny and I had to, I had to tell the story the other day because somebody asked me uh, when I was out with Larry McRae this weekend. They're like, "How long have you been playing with Larry?" I said, "Well, believe it or not, he asked me to join his band in 1999." Really? And I had just joined Root Doctor. Wow! Like two weeks before. So what happened is Decker went to Japan, Doug Decker, and he left me. I was his sub. He was going back and forth, so I would sub for him for a couple months, and he'd come back. And then I'd sub for him again, and then he'd come back. And then finally he left, and they're like, "We're not, we're not getting, we're not hiring him again because this is too crazy to go back and forth." So you're the guy. I'm like, "Oh, okay." It was just kind of decided. And then I got his other band that he was playing with at the time, uh, the Blue Avenue Delegates, mm-hmm. that held court at the Green Door every Monday night for what 25 years or something. Wow. And so I had those two bands, and I was, you know, Larry calls me up or his manager calls me up and offers me the gig, and I was like, "Ah, I think I'm okay." And I turned it down, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But but I mean, looking a, looking back, would you would you have changed your mind? Well, I mean, looking Honestly. back, I, I I met my wife at a root doctor gig. There you go. So it was meant to be. Can't thought, argue with that, right? No, absolutely. I mean, it, <laughs> oh, it just reminded me the the blue Avenue delegates. I did that for a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of serendipitous though, getting into the music and meeting your your future wife. Well, it was great because. With the delegates, anyways, they never rehearsed, ever, because they've been playing this stuff for 20 years. And Jerry Glasshole was the guitar player, brilliant guitar player we lost quite a while ago. And 
he would just turn to me and yell out the changes. And if I wasn't playing the part right, he would play the part on guitar, a keyboard part on guitar. Wow. Play this. And I'd, and I'd copy him. And he's like, good. And then after the gig, he'd be like, you did great. What go year? go listen to this tune. Go listen to this tune. What year was that? That, that was starting in 99, up until they... Oh, when I was in it, was, it was way earlier than that then. Did they rehearse? Yeah, we were supposed to rehearse every Monday. That was a problem. Because <laughs> we were supposed to rehearse every, every Monday at the bar. Yeah. And I had just, uh, we adopted a daughter. And she was a baby, so I had to bring her in in the... Oh, my gosh. In the little, uh, you know, little basket. Oh, wow. And um, I would go there. And you raised her up right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we made a lot of jokes about that too. You were, you were raising the bar, and um, so I would get there, and they, like Jim was saying, it was a pretty relaxed situation. So if they called the rehearsal for two, the guys might get there by three fifteen, and I'm like looking at my watch, look at I gotta go, I can't stay home. So that was a bone of contention. I said after about a month of that, I said I'm not doing, it. I'm not practicing anymore. So yeah. that ended the rehearsals. Maybe I killed it. I don't know. <laughs> I think by the time I got in, they. They've been playing the same set for yeah so long. It was just like, but yeah, to get back to your point, I mean, uh, meeting my wife on a Root Doctor gig, again, it was, it was obviously meant to be. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, now that uh, I'm older, Larry's older, he's more established, now playing with him, it just fits, I think, better. At that time in my life, it was definitely the right move. See, you're pulling me right into this, and it makes me want to talk about it. So we'll, let's, let's spring into Larry a little bit, because... Yeah. I've, I've been following Larry quite a bit. Uh, he actually came and did a, uh, a couple of fundraisers at Urban Beat for the Ukrainian situation. Yep. And Larry's just one of the most personal people you ever want to meet. But it's, it is so cool to see Larry play and come into town. And uh, this particular time, it was the McRae brothers. It wasn't just Larry. And uh, Mike Lynch was on keyboards for him. And, and Mike was just just going gaga. He was so excited because he hadn't played with the McRae brothers since pre COVID. Mm -hmm. So like you, uh, I, I can't remember who it was you were telling it was talked to, we talked you through the key changes and things like that. Yeah. Larry was doing the same thing with Mike yeah. during sound check <laughs> and rehearsal, yep. you know, pre, you know, starting the program. And it was just, there's something about the music scene in the greater Lansing area. Y'all just kind of mixed together and, Keyboard players end up in three, four, five different places, and guitar players, you know, the same thing. And it's to me, I think it's a wonderful thing that you guys are. There's there's a big familial uh, group here. It's it's very much like family for sure. And I I love to see that because you guys just have like instant chemistry when you get together to play because you've done it before. Not only that, it's like you said, it's a big family. So we're just up there having fun. Nobody's trying to cut anyone, you know not trying to show all our greatest licks or anything like that. We're just playing music together. Just having fun. Yeah. 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 And that's, that was the most, the most fun about that day is watching Mike just jamming away. I got pictures of him playing the keys that day and, and he was just, just leaning back, just rocking with it and yeah. having a great time. And it was, it was, to me, it was probably one of my happiest moments watching these guys play together because I'd never seen the McCray brothers play together either. Mm -hmm. So it was a big thrill for me. Yeah. But going back several years, I'm going to ask both of you this question. Mike, I'll start with you. Um, talk about how you got into music. What, what led you there? What, what kept you there? You know, I, I was terrible at sports. So <laughs> it, was, 
it was only, you know, it, I didn't have any alternative. I mean, it's big too. In high school, I was kind of big. I was big like I am now, but I was terrible. So I did try, you know, the football coach could not give up, <laughs> kept sending me back to the gym. So I looked good. I was looking good, but terrible. So, and I, you know, I don't know what got me going, um, the kids, everybody was get, getting in a band. I mean, that was just the, kind of the thing you do. This you got to remember. This is, I graduated in '71, so sure, probably first band was maybe ninth grade, mm. and um, it wasn't even can I play good. It wasn't nothing. Can we find three or four or five people to show up? And the music was different then because it would just be you were if you were lucky, there was one guy that could kind of sing. Nobody wanted to sing, and um, me and Jim have talked about our dads so much and one of the things I remember is I didn't have an amp I didn't really have a keyboard but I did odd jobs and I got a Honer Honer Pianet I think it was called <laughs> and then my dad said oh well I'll make you an amp we'll make an amp together so he got a Bogan PA that he got from I don't know where he got it some cell uh, you know uh, I don't know where he got, volunteers or something and we got that fixed up and then he helped me cut out a speaker out of wood we made it and we had a whole bunch of TV eight-inch speakers. He goes, I got a bunch of speakers. Oh, show. my God. So we put, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I said, I'm ready to rock. <laughs> so well, they, we got bands. Nobody ever played any jobs. Maybe to a, you know, a, a, year, a winner, you know, maybe somebody's party in the sure. basement. So I, that's how we got. That's how we got going. I have to throw this in here because you talked about high school and my biggest memory of high school. And no, I didn't get to go to the concert. And damn it, I wish I had. We had Bob Seger come and play at Bay City oh, Central okay, yeah. in, in Bay City. That's where I'm from. And this little unknown band opened for him that day. And we've got pictures of it in the whole nine yards. It was Van Halen. Oh, nice. Before they were anybody. Wow. They opened for Seeger here in Michigan. So wow. it, was, it was really a cool thing. Here, so One more thing about growing sure. up and something I don't think about enough is when we were about that age, I don't know, maybe 10th grade, and they used to have concerts at the old, old Everett Field the old, old Everett school. And one of the bands was Brownsville station, you know, but to us, they were gods. I mean, they were just, they were, they were the Beatles to us and they got done playing. And we were such huge fans. We were just like little puppies looking at them. <laughs> and the bass player came over Oh, and Cubby, both they came over and started talking to us we're like shaking. And finally Cub goes, what are you guys doing? You got a band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a band. <laughs> what kind of, what kind of music you're like? Well, we like this and we like that. And the other thing. And all right, keep practicing. And then the bass player came over. Yeah, you got to keep practicing. You got a metronome. You got to keep practicing. They were so sweet, you know, yeah. just a throwaway minute for them. They had to pack up their own gear. But, man, I don't remember to do that enough yeah. for the kids. Yeah. And, you know, know when, when Larry was in town the last time, I brought my son out because I've always wanted my son to hear him play. Um, and my son, he's going to be 21 here in July, going to be a dad in September. So I'm excited about that. Um, but I brought him with me. And uh, went up there and introduced him. And, of course, my son plays a little gu guitar. And Larry looked at him. He says, man, he said, uh, he said, you play guitar, I heard. He says, yeah, a little bit. And he said, well, he says, play for yourself. When you're ready to share with the world, he said, then you share with the world. He said, but in the meantime, if I'm in the area and you ever want to pick some strings, look me up. Wow. And I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's that it, I love right about there. this, yeah. About, yeah. about the blues and about the people in the greater Lansing area. You know, and of course, Larry, he might as well live here. He spent so much time down mm -hmm. here. Um, but that's what I love about the people that, that are in the music business in this area right now is everybody is like that. They're yeah. all very personal. 
So, Jim, your turn, man. Talk about how you got involved with music. What turned you on? Uh, my father was a musician. Okay. Uh, he played guitar mostly. He also played a little bit of Hammond organ. I had a B3 in the house when I was a kid. I think he sold it when I was like four or five. Uh, but I do remember it. Were I, you mad at him? <laughs> I was. I actually didn't forgive him until he got me another one. Uh, <laughs> but he uh, he tried hard to make a living as a musician. He actually lived out in San Francisco for a while. And when my grandmother passed away a few years ago, his mother, she actually had his receipts from the gigs that he played. Wow. And uh, it was fascinating to go through those and see how much bands are getting paid back then. Just not even famous bands, just playing restaurants and clubs and stuff. He was making like 67 bucks a night in 1965, 66. That was like, good money back That's then. That's good money. Yeah. Holy moly. Anyway, uh, he came back home, got married, started having kids, and got into the piano tuning business and, um, you know, stopped playing, stopped playing gigs. But we had so much gear at home. We had drum, you know, drum set and bass guitar and guitars and keyboards and pianos because he was fixing pianos. And I just fell into it. I just, especially with the organ and once we started getting synthesizers, I really got excited about the potential of that type of sound. And then his record collection was so eclectic. He had everything from classical music to jazz to blues to classic rock, of course, and prog rock. And I mean, a little bit of everything, country, Western, I mean, just everything. So I just dig through the record collection and be like, oh, what's this? This looks interesting. Put it on, get my mind blown, go to the next one, something completely different, you know, Marvin Gaye to Pink Floyd to uh, Jimmy Reed to, you know, Van Gillis. I mean, just everything. And, uh, of all my siblings, I have five sisters and, and a brother. Of all my siblings, uh, they all are musical. They all played instruments for a while, but I was the only one to really uh, get hooked on it and just do it full time. So uh, start gigging when I was probably 14, playing beer tents in Mason, Michigan, getting uh, into, into not me, but seeing fights <laughs> break out between the, the hillbillies and Mason. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's, that's where I live. All right, there's an edit. <laughs> yeah, there's an edit. <laughs> fights no, were uh, they're common. Well, the fights that there were fights in the in these beer tents, but they were usually musically related. You'd have the Seeker camp on one side and the Leonard Skinner camp on the other side. They start oh. yelling at us, and it was a country band, so I mean these were rowdy folks. Um, and then yeah, I didn't uh, really get a full time gig until I joined Root Doctor, and then that was like the full time every weekend, you know, playing somewhere else. It was great. We should, we should probably clarify that you're one of the hillbillies, right? Oh, I'm from Mason, yeah. so I can say Are you that. really? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Lived See, it. I didn't do my homework entirely. Yeah. I missed part. I only know because I'm from Mason. So. Yeah. I, I went to school with his brother. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Small world. It is. Yeah. We, it's kind of like we the We actually met. You probably don't even remember. I remember. Yeah, that wedding. My sister's wedding, yeah. Oh, was it your sister's? Yeah. I didn't know whose wedding it was. Yeah. We were playing at the wedding, and these guys wanted this guy wants to jam. We kind of knew your dad. Yep. And then you got up and played there, and I don't know what I had, but whatever it was, you made it sound good. And <laughs> so there you so go, extra small world. Yeah. We we're going like, all right, let's get out of it. Get this set rolling now. Keep, no, <laughs> sounds great. Keep going. Keep. You're at the bar. Yeah. Keep going, kid. Keep going. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to fast forward just a little bit. I'm I'm dying to talk about what you guys are doing now. Um, Jim, I like I said, I've been following you, but uh, you've been you've been busy for the last few months, haven't you? Yeah, after the you know pandemic, things were kind of slow to get going again, but now I'm at the point where I need to shift my focus and figure out exactly what I want to do because 
both Mike and I have gotten into the repair business, which is a lot of fun. Um, I've always been interested in electronics since I was a kid. And so during the pandemic, when I didn't have a gig, I started repairing vintage synthesizers and stuff. And uh, it's been really rewarding and fun, and I really love it. I can imagine bringing that stuff back to life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been a road musician for a long time, and it's, it has its pluses and minuses. The pluses, of course, are getting to see new places and meet new people and play the music. The minuses are the travel and the dealing with all that stuff. And uh, so I'm kind of trying to figure out exactly where I want to go. But, I, yeah, I've been on the on the hunt for I mean, the Larry gig is great. I absolutely love it. I want to do that as much as I can. But some of the other stuff that pull me in different directions, I'm trying to figure out. And I got to see that because you weren't on the cruise with those guys. Right. You were somewhere else. I was on a family vacation in Belgium. Yeah. And, of course, family comes first. There were so many birthdays and, and anniversaries and all sorts of stuff I missed, especially when my kids were little because I was on the road. I joined uh, a band, a singer out of L.A. named Janova Magnus in 2010. Okay. And we were doing 200 and 250 shows a year. Wow. And sometimes I would be out for six weeks, home for a week, out for another six weeks, home for a week. It was just insane. And my kids were little. My youngest was not even two years old at the time. I drove truck for a while, I understand. Yeah, That's it was it was similar. hard. Did you end up uh, getting to record with her at all? I did a couple records with her, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was she, great. It was, she's one of my favorites. It was a great experience. Um, I eventually left because of that pull from home. Uh, my kids needed me. My eldest yep. daughter especially was really acting out at the time, and we couldn't figure it out. And then I finally talked to her, and it became obvious it was because she missed me, and I wasn't yeah. home. So I'm like, okay, time to come home. Yeah, it's it's got to be tough. Yeah, being out on the road all the time and not getting to be with your family it as is. much as you'd like. Yeah. yeah, you're listening to Time Signatures. Glad to have you along. I'm Jim Irvin. We've got Dedalian Lowry over here. Our special guest today, Mike Scorey, Jim Alfredson. And uh, we were just having all kinds of fun talking about music and, and the blues and the greater Lansing area, the early days. And to me, there's always, there's always something that draws you back when you, especially when you leave, you know, and you come back to the greater Lansing area and mm -hmm. you find out that there's a band around that you haven't seen in forever. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the band right now that Mike Lynch plays with that hadn't been around for a while. The Matt was, I don't even want to say it. The Mash? The Lash. The Lash. The Lash, yeah. yeah. Celtic band, yeah. Everybody was talking about The Lash. And on, on St. Patrick's Day, I was invited to go out to Gravity um, because I had never heard of The Lash. And, man, they blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't blues. It was something different. But, I mean, it was it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. So, Mike, I didn't I, I didn't want to skip over you. What's, what's new and exciting in your world? What are you doing these days? Well, as Jim said, we both got into the electronic repair business. So I have a shop set up at a, a local music store called Music Manor keyboards and get myself a plug, I guess <laughs> <laughs> guitar amps. Sometimes if the guys can't figure out a guitar, you know, uh, you know, the guitars with a lot of electronics in them, I'll do that, but I'm not a guitar repair guy. So I really like that. Actually, what you guys have caught me in another cycle where I, I hit the wall this fall and I'm just kind of retired from playing. I mean, I, I'll do like one a month. So well, I got to see you. Was it, uh, was a blues brawl or breaking bread or something like oh, that? Oh yeah. You came yeah, out and you played it, for yeah, a while. Yeah. That's the first time I'd seen you play. And I thought, man, he just, 
just letting it flow, just having a good well, time. Well, it was fun. And, I yeah. Even though I played a lot, I hadn't played with a band in a number of years. The pandemic sort of switched things around. Yeah. And you're at home sitting around. So I just started learning songs. I was like, you know, I can sing this. I can sing this. I changed the key. I can sing this. I learned like, I don't know, two or 300 songs. And by the, by June, people were calling me up. Hey, can you do a solo over here? Can you do a solo over here? He goes, how many, you can't fit 25 people in the bar. Well, that's okay. So I kept getting calls. I probably did 80 jobs the pandemic year. Wow. And sometimes it was clandestine. It was like, <laughs> okay, can you, my cottage is up north of Ionia. Can you come up there? Well, how much is it? Okay, I'll be there. And, you know, and it, and it just, so I started doing it, and then I just kept going. And so then I booked more, and pretty soon it's two nights a week, three nights a week. And that went real strong. And so you caught me playing with a great band. So, yes, I was in bliss because I didn't have to, you know, I just enjoy, just rode the wave. I could just play. But now I'm not. I'm not playing but once a month. I'm really interested in this repair job I got going. I'm taking this opportunity to try to get better at it. Well, and it's kind of fun because, I mean, for those of for those folks that follow you guys on social media, I love seeing the stories. I the story that I saw today from Jim when he was working on a piano that somebody <laughs> I got to find that. Yeah. <laughs> and I and my heart just broke for the people that bought it. But I mean, seeing the process and you were working on it. Was it a microphone last night? Yeah. Yep. And you know, rewiring and it's to me that's fun because you're bringing stuff back to life that you know that otherwise isn't going to be used. It's music from the other angle. From the right. Other yeah. Just, and I, I I lucked out that my dad got into the tuning thing because he taught me how to do it as well. And so it served me through the low times, you know, during the last recession, 2007, 2008, and then the pandemic, I was still tuning pianos because everybody was stuck at home. And then right. they realized, oh, my piano needs to <laughs> It's out of tune. I haven't played in yeah. ages. So I just <laughs> yeah. mask up. I'd ask them to mask up. And when I go over there and tune their piano, I was busy as, as all get out. And tuning pianos during the pandemic was People, great. Yep. People are at home yep. looking around. I guess I'll plunk on this thing. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to thank both of you for being here for this episode. We are hopefully going to be able to get another one in before we get done uh, and send you on your way. But we definitely uh, appreciate having both of you in today and being part of the program. Uh, it's uh, the, Some of the stories, I'm sure we've got more stories to, to cover and talk about in the future. And Mike's over here making a face. So <laughs> we'll see Is this how far a show we for get. kids or for adults? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe big kids. Oh, you know? okay. But as I said, we want to thank you for being here today. And uh, we definitely look forward to having you and uh, maybe come back again and, and do another episode you, or two or three or four and share some more stories. What do you think? You bet. This is this is really fun. Yeah. So taking great. a minute and thinking over the past 40, 50 years, you know. Absolutely. It's really fun. Well, we're going we're gonna to have more. I guarantee you we will have more. So until next time, we appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. And we will see you on the next edition of Time Signatures. This has been Time Signatures with Jim Irvin, presented by the Capital Area Blues Society in Lansing, Michigan. For more information on cabs, visit capitalareablues.org. You can find this episode and past episodes at lccconnect.org. The Time Signatures theme song, Michigan Roads, is used by permission and was written by Root Doctor, featuring Freddie Cunningham.
until next time, keep on keeping the blues alive.